Good morning. My name is uh, Neil Walker. I work with uh, students at the University of Southern California. So uh, in case you were wondering, uh, that's why the shirt. Um, <clears throat> so uh, we're uh, entering into a fun time this fall. Fall's getting ready to start up here pretty quickly. It's going to be an exciting time, I think. Uh, if it's like the previous 39 semesters at SC, then uh, one of the things that's going to be great is God's going to begin to do a work in some students' lives. Uh, their lives are going to be forever changed as he begins to lead many of them into a relationship with him. He teaches them how to walk with him, and they begin to really learn for the first time what it is to really know him and walk with him. So that's going to be an exciting time. And one of the reasons there's a ministry at SC today is because of a guy named Leonard Marshall, which is why the uh, message is affectionately called Lessons from Leonard. You like that title? I kind of like it title myself. Um, Leonard is a guy who honestly never attended SC, never um, worked there. In fact, I don't think he's ever been there. Probably he's never heard of it, knowing Leonard. Uh, you know, I mean, it's just, you know, it's one of those kind of guys. Leonard uh, <clears throat> is a guy I first met my freshman year of high school. Um, we were on the wrestling team together. And uh, you'll have to take it by faith. I used to have uh, uh, the ability to be an athlete. And uh, so I was doing that kind of athletics and academics was kind of my focus. I grew up in a home that uh, wasn't a Christian home. In fact, didn't even know what it meant to be a Christian. All I knew was Christians annoyed me. I didn't really uh, care much for them because I didn't really have a very good picture. I kind of thought, uh, I mean, we went to church one time, and I remember walking out, and my dad said, you know, you can't smoke in there. And I thought, yeah, that's a bummer. And uh, we walked out of there, and I kind of thought, okay, that's weird. Uh, and I didn't really know what to think about Christians. I just kind of thought, well, they're kind of weird, you know, and that's kind of it. And so then Leonard kind of came on my radar screen because we were on this wrestling team together. And there were some things that kind of were true about Leonard. You know, I mean, he was uh, he was kind of a wild guy. I mean, we had this class together, uh, Mr. Milner's math class. And um, one day Leonard didn't agree with something. And uh, Mr. Milner told him he needed to do it. And he said, no, and. He said, well, you know, uh, you, you will sit down and do it. <laughs> Leonard picked up his book and threw it at the teacher. And I thought, whoa, <laughs> because my folks would not have looked highly on that. And, uh, you know, and Leonard uh, joined us again about three days later. And, um, you know, I thought, you know, wow, Leonard's a wild guy. And Leonard was a tough guy. I mean, Leonard was one of those kind of guys who walked around, you know, and you just you kind of knew he was tough just the way he carried himself, you know, and. He wore one of those leather bands around his arm that, you know, probably just cut right out of a cow or something. You know, just, you know, just mean kind of a guy, you know. And he was a cool guy. I mean, he was he was a good athlete. He was a tough wrestler. Uh, but he was also, he was the only one of us that could drive. You know, that was kind of cool. Uh, you know, part of that, Leonard had chosen to take several grades over. And so uh, he stuck around long enough to be able to drive us places, you know, and uh, stuff. So... Anyway, as the season progressed on, one of the things that was true was I, I began to get around Leonard, and all of a sudden I began to notice Leonard was different. You know, I didn't really know what it was. I just knew he was different. I mean, he was still the same guy out on the wrestling mat and stuff, but I began to watch, and like Mr. Milner would say something to him, and he would say something like, yes, sir. And I would turn around and think, what happened to Leonard? <laughs> you know, and, and he was clothed in his right mind, just kind of, you know, uh, Something was different. And so we're out on the wrestling mat one day. It kind of intrigued me. And one day we're out on the wrestling mat, and I said, uh, hey, hey, what happened to you? He goes, what do you mean? Nothing. I didn't mean anything by it. 
uh, just, uh, you know, you seem like uh, different. And he goes, uh, oh, I became a Christian. And I thought, oh, no. You know, I thought, there goes the wrestling team. Leonard's going to become a sissy. You know, I mean, this is all, oh, man. Well, Leonard did. In fact, Leonard would regularly uh, show me what the lights looked like out there on the wrestling mat. And uh, so I began to learn, you know, boys didn't impact him that way. It did impact him in some good ways in that his life was really different. Still the same cool guy, still the same tough guy, but a guy that was under control. His life was really different. And I began to notice that. It was very attractive. And so what Leonard did was he continued to invest in our relationship, and he continued to invite me to wherever he was going. It's just that now one of the places he was going was church. And so he'd say, hey, you want to go to church? And I'd think, Why? And he'd say, well, come on. All right, all right. You know, so we would go. And through my relationship with him and through my relationship with several other guys that I met there, eventually I ended up coming into a relationship with Christ myself. Now, when students began to hit campus this fall and God begins to work in their lives, part of the reason that uh, they're going to be, part of the person that it's going to be attributed to is Leonard. I mean, Having never been there, he still has an influence. He still is going to do it. The reason many of you are here today is because of Leonard's in your life. You know, you ought to be grateful for that. And you ought to remember that God wants you to be that person in other people's lives. He wants you to be one who's beginning, in your limited way, in whatever way that is, to begin to share with them a little bit more, to invest in their lives, to begin to invite them around, and, and to do life with you. Now, two great needs that I see in the world today. The first one is for a group of Christians, a group of people, to really live as followers of Jesus Christ. And I say that, first of all, a group of people. You know, God, um, God never meant for our relationship with him to be something that's just private. Personal, yes. Private, no. See, God always intended for you to do life in community. And one of the things that's true is too often in our culture, especially in our Western culture, we kind of have this idea of a me and God, God and me thing, and I don't answer to anybody but God. And Well, that's just not accurate. You know, uh, when you look in the scripture, it's a, it's a me and God, God and us. And so we do life together. And so... If you don't have a group of people, if you're the only one that decides to follow God and really become a follower of his, then people look at you and they think, well, that's kind of weird. You know, and I know I would. But see, one of the things that happened for me is I got around those other guys. I began to figure out, holy cow, maybe this is something that's normative. There's other guys that I do sports with that are here. And so I began to get around them. So a group of followers that would really begin to walk with God as the... Uh, as the boss of their life. Now, what, what does that mean? What does that look like? Um, it means you learn from him. It means you imitate him. It means you obey him. I mean, that's what it really means to walk as a follower of Jesus. You learn from him. You imitate the things he does. And you obey him. Jesus said this, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand that it may give light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. See, we are to let our light shine. What that, in essence, is telling us is this. 
for light to be significant, it has to be in the midst of darkness. You see, um, if we were to kill the lights in here right now, it really wouldn't make that much difference. I mean, you know, there's enough light coming in from the outside, and, uh, you know, it wouldn't really make much difference. But now we come back here at this same time tonight, you know, about 1130, and we uh, kill the lights. Suddenly people are going to be going, ah, screaming, you know, he's touching me. You know, I mean, it's just going to be stuff, you know, I mean, it's just, you know, not going to be. Why? Because what makes light significant is the darkness. See, for light to be significant has to be in the midst of darkness. What that means for you is simply this. You need to be living your life in relationship with those who don't know the Savior. You need to be living with them and doing life with them. Now, while you're doing that, though, they should notice a difference. They should notice, just like I did with Leonard, that there is something different about this person. Not different in a weird way, but different. I'm convinced the reason that most of the time people don't notice a difference in many of our lives is because there are many Christians who have never really decided to live as followers of Jesus Christ. They kind of have the idea, you know, well, I can be a Christian and not really be a disciple. Or I can be a Christian and not really be a follower. Well, you know, the confusion over that is usually cleared up in, in two simple verses. Uh, the first one is found in 1 John uh, chapter 1, verses 11 and 12. And it says this, and Jesus speaking, uh, it's John speaking about Jesus says, He came unto his own, but his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God, even to those who believe on his name. So in other words, as we receive him into our lives, then we get to become God's children. Now, who exactly is he? Well, Jesus clears that up for us in John 13, 13. He says this, you call me teacher and you call me Lord. You're right. That's who I am. Now, what's the role of a teacher? Well, the role of a teacher is to teach us what to think, to teach us how to think. The role of the Lord, I mean, that means boss. So if you are learning from Jesus as your teacher and you're following him as your boss, then what begins to happen is your life begins to change, just like Leonard's did. And you begin to develop in some different ways. You know, God will begin to change your perspective. It's kind of like Randy was talking about earlier. You'll begin to see things in a new way. You'll begin to see things in more of an eternal way than just in a temporal way. He'll begin to change your values. You'll begin to find that you love people and you use things. You don't love things and use people. He'll begin to change your schedule. You'll begin to find that your priorities begin to align themselves with his priorities. So over and over, God will begin to change, and he'll begin to, uh, to grow you in some different ways. In addition to that, though, there's another great need, and that is there is a need for people to learn to share a clear verbal Learn to share a clear verbal witness. Now, we've been given um, a great opportunity here. A lot of times we look at sharing with other people as like a task to accomplish. It's not a task to accomplish. It's an opportunity to take advantage of. In fact, if you look over like in Hebrews, it says the angels long to look into the things of salvation that are reserved only for the people of God. We're the only ones that have the privilege of being able to share about Jesus with other people, to let them know how they can have a personal relationship with him. Paul says in Ephesians 5, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, 
making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Now, growing up, as I told you, you know, I, I kind of had the focus, you know, it was kind of academics and athletics, and fortunately I did okay in academics. Uh, you know, and so I, I was there, I and mean, I was working this group, you know, um, uh, FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and uh, I heard this guy, and he came to speak to our group one day, and he was kind of talking about this very subject, and he goes, I'll tell you what I do. He said, uh, people talk about sharing your faith. He said, I just let my life be my witness. Wow, that's so cool. Well, I'm gonna, I, I think I'm going to do that. Yeah, plus it seems easier. And so I thought, yeah, I think I'll do that. And so, you know, I just kind of walk around. And there, there's some real merit in that. I mean, Athanasius, one of the church fathers, uh, long past said something like, you know, the life should command, the lip should merely persuade. So I think that's true. Your life should really make a difference. But I don't know about you, but, you know, I, I mean, I've been trying to walk with God for about, you know, the last 36 years. And I have uh, never yet had anyone walk up to me and go, Neil, been following you around for the last couple of weeks. I've come to the conclusion 2,000 years ago, God came to the earth in the form of a man. He died on the cross to pay for my sins, rose from the dead three days later, ascended to the right hand of the Father, making intercession for me. Just notice that watching you. Anybody else had that happen? I mean, I've never had that happen. You know, and so... You've got to learn to say something. You know, I mean, you, you can't just walk around, well, you know, I, I don't know. No, you can't do that, you know. I mean, the only witness God cannot use is no witness, you know. Now, what you do need to do is figure out what fits you, okay? There's a lot of different uh, types that are shown within the Scriptures. I mean, maybe what fits you is just testimonial. And by testimonial, what I mean by that is just sharing what God has done in your life, sharing how he's changed your life. You see that in John chapter 9. Uh, Jesus encounters a blind man, and he heals him. And there is an uproar because some of the religious people come up and they go, Hey, we thought you were the blind guy. He goes, well, I, I was the blind guy, but I'm not blind anymore because, you know, Jesus healed me. And they go, Well, he's not supposed to be doing that today. You know, this is a Sabbath day. You're not supposed to be working today, so he must not be a good man. He goes, Well, I don't know if he's a good man. All I know is I was blind, now I can see. And they're going, are you sure you were the blind guy? He goes, I was the blind guy, but I'm not anymore because I was blind. Now I can see. And they're going, maybe this isn't really the blind guy. Maybe he has a twin or something. So, you know, they thought it was one of those prestige things. No, it wasn't. You know, so they call his parents in, and when they bring his parents in, and they go, hey, now what's up with this? You know, is he really the blind guy? And they go, well, he was the blind guy. And they go, well, what happened to him? They go, well, he's of age. You talk to him because they're scared. And, you know, so they ask him again, all right, well, what was it? He goes, well, I used to be the blind guy, but now I can see. And they go, ah. And then, now, what did he do? All he did was he just said, this is what Jesus did in my life. You know what? You can't argue with that. This is what he did. Now, maybe for some of you, you're maybe more relational. And maybe for you, you know, as you begin to share, you think, man, doing life with some people and including them in with your friends and with your other friends and in the context of that, beginning to share Christ, man, that is the way that you really share. Well, great. Good night. You know, you see that in um, Acts chapter 8 with like um, Philip and the Ethiopian. You also see it with Matthew, the tax collector, later on as he begins to invite some of uh, his friends and 
and he brings them around Jesus and the other guys and gets them together. But, you know, maybe that's what it is for you. Or maybe, you know, for you, maybe it's more of the apostolic kind of a thing. Maybe when you uh, get around there, maybe you um, just really enjoy uh, gravitating towards new folks in a natural, straightforward way, kind of sharing the gospel with them. You see that with Peter in Acts chapter 2. If you remember, this is right when, uh, you know, all of uh, the group is gathered for the Feast of Pentecost and the Holy Spirit really uh, begins to work in these people's lives, and, and there's a bunch of them that, that um, commit their lives to Christ. And as they do, there's this uproar, and some of these guys are going, all these people are drunk. And Peter goes, <clears throat> and everybody goes, oh, you know, and Peter jumps up and goes, that's not true. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. He begins to, to share with these people, and it says, all of these people uh, end up coming to Christ and committing their lives to Christ as a result of what Peter did. So, you know what? You need to figure out what fits you. The only thing that shouldn't fit you is silence, you know? So whatever whatever other method it is, you may be thinking, you know, yeah, you know, Neil, but my problem is I, I really feel inadequate. You know, that's what it is. I haven't, like, you know, uh, I haven't had much training in this. I, I just feel inadequate. Well, cheer up. So does everybody else. So, you know what? What you do there, trust him. Trust him. In fact, if you look in uh, 2 Corinthians 3, 4 through 6, Paul says this, Such confidence we have in God through Christ, not that we are adequate in ourselves as to consider anything is coming from ourselves, but our adequacy is from him, who has made us ministers of a new covenant, not of the uh, law, but of the spirit. For the, for the law kills, but the spirit gives life. Paul says, you know what? Our adequacy isn't because somehow we've built ourselves up to be adequate. No, he says our adequacy comes from him. He's the one that's adequate. Well, you may be thinking, well, yeah, but, you know, sometimes, though, I'm scared, you know. And, I mean, honestly, when you start to share things that are important with people, sometimes you do get scared. I mean, you know, sometimes you just get scared for no reason. Well, the answer to that is, is very simple. Pray. You know, Psalm 56.3 says this, when I am afraid, I will trust in thee. You see, fear is not to be a debilitating thing with us. Fear is just simply to be a reminder. Oh, we have balloons that are descending upon us. This is great. But I'd go ahead and acknowledge that because I noticed everyone else is going to notice it. Uh, kind of like a dove. Uh, so, uh, but you know, um, fear is not something that is to be debilitating to us. Fear is to be something that reminds us who's in control. See, when I am afraid, I will trust in thee. So whenever you begin to see fear begin to well up in you, well, then just pray. Say, God, you are in control, and so uh, help me just to uh, move forward in this and, and, and do what you want me to do. And you, you may look at that too, or you may, you may feel like, you know, yeah, um, but really when I get around people, you know what, I feel intimidated. I really do. I mean, sometimes I just get so confused and stuff, and I feel so intimidated. I don't know what to do, you know, and, and I, I just don't know what to say. Well, you need to understand the division of labor. You need to clearly understand the division of labor. You see, if you're trying to do God's job, you're going to be intimidated, and you're going to be confused because God is God, and he's God all by himself. He doesn't need your help. What he needs you to do is to do what you're supposed to do. See, what God does is this. God is responsible for changing people. 
He's responsible for changing people. In fact, in John 6:44, it says, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. If God doesn't draw people to himself, he doesn't change them. Well, that's not going to happen. Our job is not to change people. Our job is to love people. Our job is to love people. In fact, in Ephesians 5, 1 and 2, he says, Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly beloved children, and live a life of love. What we are to do is we are to love other people in the same kind of way that we've experienced love from God. We're to love other people and begin to do that. See, God, what God will do is this. God will draw people. God will convict people. God will change people. We, on the other hand, we need to pray for people. We need to share with people. We need to love people. If we will do our job and allow God to do his job, God will really begin to make a difference. Now, that's not really that hard, is it? I mean, you stop and think about it, you think, God got the hard end of the job. We got the easy end. How'd that work? Well, it's because he's God. You know, he always takes the bigger side. So, I mean, that's a good thing. But you begin to ask yourself, too, what kind of a difference will that make? Well, you know, if you really choose to walk as a follower of Jesus Christ, learning from him, imitating him, obeying him, and then you choose to share a clear verbal witness, what difference is that going to make? Well, I know in our own life, uh, in my own life, it's made, it's made a significant difference. Um, the fact that Leonard chose to do that has made a real difference in my life. It's made a real difference in my family's life, and it's made a difference in the lives of anybody and everybody that we encounter. What God wants to do through you is use your life in significant ways, just like Leonard. Leonard, Leonard never went to school for stuff like that. <laughs> Truth be, Leonard never went to school much. I mean, that was just the fact. That's why he kept repeating grades. But, you know, what God did was God used his life to really impact and change minds. So when there's things that begin to take place this fall at the campus of SC, part of that is going to be a result of Leonard. God wants to use you in that same way in the lives of other people. Just who you are where you are, beginning to invest in them as a friend, and then beginning to invite them to do life with you. And if you do, it'll make a real difference. Let's take a minute and let's pray. Father, thank you that um, by your sovereign design years ago, you chose to... um, connect um, our lives together, and you chose to um, really um, uh, change forever, my, not only my heart, but uh, my destiny. And God, I, uh, I really thank you for that. I, I, I pray today that God, in, in, uh, in the hearts and minds of, of the folks that are here, that God, you, you will really uh, just kind of pull back the curtains and allow them to to see clearly the simplicity of what it means to really follow you fully. And then that they would have the the heart and the desire and uh, the uh, wisdom to turn around and simply share with others the difference that you're making in their life. Thank you.
for what you're going to do there, and we trust you in that. We pray in Jesus. Thanks, Neil. Neil's just shared with us how, how this message moves. Is that okay? And uh, I, I'd like for you to hear how the message has moved in real relationships through a chain of people. So let's start there. Hi, my name is uh, Nathan Lewis, and I committed my life to Christ in 1963 when I was a young boy. I was raised in a Christian home. My family was very involved in church. In fact, my dad was my pastor, so I really didn't have much of a choice there. But my parents and Sunday school teachers and others taught me that several things about God. One, that he is real. He really is real. That he created me and he loves me. And that the Bible is his word and uh, tells us about himself and is a practical guide for life. They also taught me the truth that Jesus died for me and that if I admitted that I was a sinner and accepted his death as payment for my sins and surrendered my life to God, that God would give me eternal life and that uh, and what the Bible calls an abundant life here on earth. And so at the age of seven, with as much understanding as I could have at that time, I made Jesus the, the boss of my life. I've been a Christian for about uh, 44 years now. And following Jesus all that time has made a tremendous difference in my life. Probably the most significant difference has been that that my life has been lived for God's purposes rather than than for mine. Um, And orienting my life around what God wants rather than what I want has given very specific direction in every area of my life, my marriage, uh, parenting, uh, my 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 job, ministry, even even citizenship, and I've learned that that when I do things God's way, uh, things really do work out better. And when I stubbornly try to do things my way, thinking that I, I know better than God, uh, things don't go so well. So I, I am really grateful for God's salvation and His direction in my life, and especially for those who invested in me and uh, uh, showed me who God is. And this is my wife, Tina. Hi, my name is Tina Lewis, and I committed my life to Christ in August of 1971 at the age of 15. And Nathan's older brother, Sam, is the one who shared how to become a Christian with me. Um, I got to know Sam when I began attending their church, which was across from our high school and then also in school. And I saw a difference in him. And then one night I was talking with him on the phone, and he asked me if I would like to know for positive that I could have a relationship with God and have eternal security. And that had actually been um, a long-time concern for me. So I said yes. And after he shared and explained the scriptures with me, I prayed that night and gave my life to Christ. And as an adult, um, one area that knowing God has made a difference in my life has been in dealing with conflict and clearing up relationships. I had avoided conflict at all costs, thinking time would heal all wounds, and it really didn't. It just left things unsettled. So when I learned God's way, which was to take responsibility for my part um, and just humbly admit my wrongdoing and ask for forgiveness, 
I began to see that that's what heals the wounds and that the relationship could be restored quickly and actually could even be stronger. And then after that, I also had experienced God's love to me through others. This is our daughter, Tracy. Hi, my name is Tracy McClary, and I committed my life to Christ in 1985 when I was seven. And my first introduction um, to God was really through my parents as I um, was raised watching them try to live out um, doing life God's way. And then they were also part of a community that was trying to do the same. So I think just being around their, their example and the example of my Sunday school teachers and friends and their parents and seeing the effect it had on people's lives is what eventually drew me to want to have the same change in my own life. And a daily struggle for me is worry. And so God has really brought about some significant change for me in this area as I have, well, my natural tendency is just to worry about everything all the time. And I'm a planner and I really like to know everything that's going to happen and when it happens. And when I start to get anxious about things, I can go from happy to depressed in seconds. And that really affects the way that I treat people or I live. And so as I have dug into the Word and learned how God relates and how life works, I have had a drastic perspective change. And I have slowly learned to replace that worry with prayer, which has brought a lot of peace in my life. And um, and then I've been able to move forward and extend that to others as well. And this is Brenda Palmer, and we used to work together. My name is Brenda Palmer. Um, I committed my life to Christ in October of 1999. I heard about Christ from my coworker Tracy. Um, I started working with her in 98. She was very open about sharing with me what was going on in her life and just how God had taught her specific ways to relate to other people. I got to see how she treated people on a daily basis. Um, she treated them with kindness and grace and honesty. And I got to see the wonderful relationships that she had with so many people and as she brought them around to meet me. Um, I even marveled at the great relationship that she had with her parents. Um, that was really unusual to me. I asked Tracy once, actually more than once, but um, I asked her how she could be so wise but be so young. Um, those two didn't go together in my world. Um, she told me she got her wisdom from God. So when my life uh, hit bottom, and I was continuing to sin and go my own selfish way. Um, I knew where to go for help um, because Tracy had given me that picture of a way out. So I called her one day and went to her apartment, and um, she prayed with me as I committed my life to following Christ. Um, after that, my mother, Betty, she got to witness the changes that God had made in my life. Um, she began attending Church in the Valley, and on Easter Sunday, 2002, um, she sat down with Tina and prayed with her and committed her life to Christ. This was three months before she died. In those last three months, my mom shared with me that she was able to let go of some very old bitterness and anger and things that she had carried around with her all her life. She was able to let go of those things and let her wounds heal, and she truly felt some peace for her life and for the first time. Um, Having this relationship with Christ has made so many major differences in my life. Um, but one that stands out is having good relationships. 
Um, I can very easily be a loner um, because relationships can be a struggle for me because I can be selfish. Um, But then I found out that God has given us instructions on how to make relationships um, work and be a wonderful, fulfilling thing in our lives. But most of all, um, that people are important to God and relationships are eternal. This is my son, Barry. Hi, my name is Barry Palmer, and uh, I committed my life to Christ July 11, 2004. Um, I was first shared the gospel by my mom, um, mainly really by uh, just just her actions, the way she uh, treated myself um, and everyone I saw her that she came in contact with. I noticed a real difference, and uh, over time I just I was really convinced something was different. So I asked her, you know, what 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 changed, and so she shared the gospel with me and uh, kind of soaked it in and. Just over time, I really saw that, that it was for real. Um, God really had changed her life, and she wasn't just faking it. It wasn't you know, something she just decided to do on a whim that weekend or something. <laughs> so so after being convinced, I said, you know, that's, that's something I need to do. So uh, I committed my life to Christ. Uh, the biggest difference I've noticed in my life is in the area of worry and stress. I, I like to have everything planned. Uh, this is Tracy, so I, I can... Uh, really go with her on that one um so when things didn't go my way i'd I'd really start to worry and stress out and uh once i once i uh committed my life to christ i knew that that he he is boss he knows everything that's going on and he knows what's best for me so uh i just learned to give it to him and he knows what i need and he knows what i can handle um and just really learned that my worry didn't affect the outcome of any situation anyways so it was really just unneeded so uh I just learned to give it to God, um, which is really, he, he would make the outcome way better than anything I could have chosen anyway. So it's just such a relief. So what we see here is in a very natural way, the message about Jesus has moved through relationships, through families, coworkers, sons. And really the exciting thing is that this doesn't have to stop right here with Barry this can really continue. God wants it to continue. Barry's a part of the, the launch team going to Orange Crest Community Church to start the church. And as, as Barry makes himself available to God and connects with people in that community, this really can, can continue. That's, that's the exciting part. So.